This is the Bar Stewards Enquiry. You are talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. In, in what way? You are an underachiever in life. You were, I saved your bacon one time. You were gone. Well, I couldn't save you. I, I don't know if you are, but you said the right thing. But well, that's why you don't know anything about racing, John. I, I didn't say I do. Right? I'm saying that. What have what you contributed to racing? You are one of these take-out merchants. Take out all you can. And a massive warm welcome to our listeners. This is the Bastards Inquiry Weekend podcast covering the Air Gold Cup and Newbury uh, big meetings tomorrow. And we've got uh, myself that's got also a special at Woodbine for you at the end of the show. So stay tuned for that. Joining me tonight are as follows John Lang of John Joe's Logspot, as always, and special guest and honorary bar steward is Andy Richmond. Welcome, guys, to this show tonight. Good evening, mate. Good evening, Good evening. Um, we've got a busy show, so I'll crack on, um, because obviously we've got uh, nine TV races, as uh, Andy reminded me earlier today, um, <laughs> Chortle. Um, and um, so it's a, it's a busy show, and uh, we, we have got some issues and questions. And uh, one of the first questions I thought would ask, uh, a fun one to start the show, was from Carl Swanson. And he said, following Altior's retirement this week, which ones of Popeyes are you looking forward to not seeing next season? <laughs> so, so I'll come to you, John, first. Any, 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 any Popeyes, uh, um, you know, um, stable stars you're looking forward to another year off? Well, I think he's done the spare work already, announcing the wind up with Shishkin, hasn't he? So <laughs> yeah. I think uh, we, we can expect to not say that before Christmas and probably not see it in the run-up towards the Fez, and then quite close to the Fez, we'll probably get told we're not seeing it this year, um, especially if the ground's heavy. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think that's probably the one I'm looking forward most to not seeing. Class, class. I mean, national season of only 22 shopping days away is Chepstow, apparently. And uh, I've, I've been told to say that by a, a, a random listener because he's fed up of listening to the Cheltenham, you know, rubbish that goes on for weeks and months ahead. You know, like we, we talk about Cheltenham in July. It's ridiculous. Um, but yeah, he says 22 days to Chepstow. So, Andy, anything of Henderson's that you think... Um, you know, I think- John stolen me thunder there because I think I saw a quote from uh, Popeye saying um, it's it's grown more than any other horse he's ever seen. So <laughs> it's been growing. It's been like a monster. Now. Eight, Eighteen <laughs> hands, a police he's, horse. I mean, he's, he's probably massive, yeah, if he if he hasn't had it out of its box, it might have grown too big for the door. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. I think he's been yeah. eating its own body weight or something yeah. this I, year. I think Lydia needs to ask him and. Uh, I am am looking forward to a few controversial um, interviews between himself and Lydia, especially if the ground, (laughs) the discussion on the ground, that's still one of my favourite excerpts for that. And I do love the way Lydia stood her ground there uh, (laughs) against Endo, who'd had about 16 gin and tonics on board as well. He was getting more and more purple by the minute, wouldn't he? But I suppose Shiskin has got to be the main one this year. We'll sort of probably see it rock up at Doncaster to beat uh, one man and his dog in some in some race about six weeks before the fairs, and that will be it. And it will be straight to the festival. Nothing, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, 
the strength in depth might be over in Ireland in terms of national hunt, but at least the boys over there, whatever you think of some of their trainers, um, and I'm sure that's a, a topic that we'll come on to at some point, um, at least they run them against each other and, you know, pitch them in against each other. But over here, it's last like, you know, let's avoid, let's avoid. But I think Shishkin's probably the one that we may not see this year. Yeah, Christmas. Certainly, plenty of national hunt talk to come. Obviously, Catherine Fry will be wheeled out um, more often in this uh, this jump season this winter because she loves the Irish and she can't get enough of it. Can't get enough of these bent Irish gambles from Catherine. Um, so she'll be uh, uh, on hand for us this winter to to carry me and John uh, through to uh, through to the Lincoln. Um, so good fun coming up this winter on the Bar Street. Um All right, a topic. Uh, close to my heart at the moment is obviously the gambling commission and Andrew Lowry's been on from Optimum Racing and he makes a very good point here. He says, uh, chaps, if we're not careful because of the incompetence of some and the inability of others to differentiate between gambling on random games of chance and sports betting, which is an, an intellectual pursuit, um, you know, I mean, basically... The way we're heading is is for oblivion here, and obviously I'm a firm critic of the Gambling Commission. But I'd like to know what what you guys think of all of the measures put in place, i.e., under 25s about the the, the loss limits, um, and you know bookmakers obviously turfing out genuinely good punters. I mean, just just to feed your information, I regularly get information into DMs on bar stewards from punters that have 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 lost their accounts and some punters are winning punters some punters are recreational as in just now and again and and you know they just enjoy a bet um on the tv race and etc some punters are are losing punters so there's there's a broad demographic um and i just wondered what you two both thought um, of the gambling commission sort of celebrating today that they, they won the regulator of the year award, um, which would be I would imagine an expensive dinner in some posh London um, affair. Not not bad for a, an association that's that's lost nineteen million pounds in the last year hunting down uh, problem gamblers. Um, I hope that's a, a fruitful pursuit uh, for these people. Um, but right, Andy, I'll come to you. What? What's your thoughts on the game as it's going um, in terms of where the GC seem to be taking us? Uh, on the road to hell, I you think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the old M25's had a bad press this week, hasn't it? I mean, Jesus. At least the yeah. police, police turfed that lot off today pretty quickly. <laughs> don't, start <laughs> yeah. me off, don't start me off on that. Um, the Gambling Commission, they're about as much use as a chocolate fire guard. I mean, that is money for old rope, isn't it? Um, I appreciate, and having been worked for bookmakers, worked for Betfair, worked for bookmakers prior to that, I appreciate that there is there are a section of people where gambling is an addiction and an illness. And I think that is something that we need to treat seriously yep. and properly and rightly. But... By the same token, we need to separate out the games that you have said, Lee, the games of chance, uh, where there is absolutely no skill in them at all, such as the slots, the fruities, whatever you want to call them, casinos, all that sort of stuff. Um, And 
games of what I would call skill sports betting because you have got a chance of winning if you were allowed to. Um, it does seem there is a vast, uh, almost a cornucopia of people who are banned. Like there is no rhyme and reason behind, you know, uh, implication. You know, your accounts being um, shut down. Um, it does seem very piecemeal. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, as to how they get shut down um you might just strike l- unlucky sort of backing maybe a, a hugh taylor horse um or maybe an andy holding horse a couple of times and you're marked down for that probably marked down as an arbor then um and etc etc you might just be exceptionally good at them you might have just caught the you know caught them with the pants down a few times um so it's a it's a it's a vast problem it needs I mean, and I'm not sure that it's done any good by people like, I'll mouth off on one, Peter Shilton, who, for want of a better word, has completely effed his life up and now wants to just stop everyone betting. Well, you made made the mistakes. Um, Why why are we into just stopping everybody? I did see a tweet today explaining it, sort of almost encapsulating this very, very well that we just want to stop everybody else doing things as well. Yes, we know there are dangers in gambling. There's dangers in alcohol, there's dangers in tobacco, et cetera, et cetera. But surely there comes a point where people have to take, um, to take uh, almost take their own situation and take themselves in hand. And people, some people can't, so they do need help. But, you know, people like him just, you know, who did F his own life up, for want of a better word, I won't swear, but um, you know now once now he's on some crusade to stop us all all punting. It's just crazy. It you is. Know, I mean, absolutely I mean, crazy. It makes my absolute blood boil. To be honest with you, you know, I've I've been now for what since two thousand and eight full time. You know, for want of a better word, betting. Been fairly successful at it. And, and now somebody wants to stop me doing it because it's something I, I'm in control all the time. I have the appropriate breaks, et cetera, et cetera. The one thing we need to do is educate people more. And that brings me on maybe the, the youngsters. Yeah, we maybe do need to educate them a little bit more about the dangers of gambling, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, putting the sort of breaks on that, that young, I'm not sure that that's the way to do it. Education's the way for me. Not not just sort of stopping people gambling and and loud sort of people like Shilton just do my head in. They really they really they really do because when when we've stopped when we've when we've managed to stop gambling the next thing will be will be drink then and you know alcohol and everything like that and I, actually I think that's probably a worse danger than betting is. Absolutely. I mean I mean I mean this is the times we live in um, where in the last ten years or so. We're basically victimhood has taken over where, where, where no one takes responsibility. Um, it's blame everybody else for their own failings. And that, that's a, that's across many industries, many, whatever. Um, it's, it, it, no one takes responsibility and that's one of the problems. Um, what I would say is uh, I'm set with the language the Gambling Commission uh, uses. On the 26th of January 2021, um, the Gambling Commission... Uh, did studies on problem gamblers um and basically they they, they claimed a ridiculously high amount of, of problem gamblers that was that was rubbish basically by uh, by other other associations it's approximately 0.7 percent 
of gamblers are problem gamblers, which equates to probably 300,000 Brits at some point have basically come into some form of gambling problems at some point during their life, i.e. they've caused themselves a lot of financial damage, which gambling can do, as we know, and we're sympathetic to that. As bastards, we're certainly sympathetic. However, this language for me, and this is this was from the commissioner on the 26th of January 2021. I'll quote these words. Unfortunately, around 7% of gamblers claimed that they are doing it to earn earn some money. Can you can you unfortunately as if to say so this is the gambling commission, right? They're supposed to you know, I, I understand where they're coming from our RE problem gamblers, but how can you use language such as that, basically stating that it's not possible to win money gambling. Now, I mean, this. So this is this is a government quanger set up to to basically sort out the industry that's not uh, not regulated. Which, yes, I I agree. You know, it needs regulated. But their wording in their terms and conditions has given bookmakers a complete license to just decimate their databases of people they probably don't want. Um, and you know, and this is happening under the nose of the BHA. We're powerless in all this; absolutely powerless. Um, and I, I am. I take great offence to this because I think to use language such as that, saying that you cannot make money betting. It, I mean, we all know what the real problem is. Like you said, Andy, it is slots, casinos, betting on skilled sports events, horse racing is not a problem because the margins are small by bookmakers, by Betfair, literally 1% margins with a little bit of commission, blah blah you can beat that quite comfortably. Any American player that's betting to worse odds than that will tell you this, that they, they would give the right arm for, to be able to legally bet on Betfair right now on sports events. And a lot of them probably are, you know, via various sources. But the point is, you know, when it becomes uh, America's expanding, you know, not 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 disbanding like we are as, as a nation. It's like, oh, well, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I just looked at the the staffing of the gambling commission. Right. So you look at these. Marcus Boyle, um, basically was with Delaware, uh, Delaware, a, a financial uh, organization. Um, uh, Catherine Seddon, commissioner, senior independent director, twenty years as a filmmaker. Right, I, I kid, I kid you, I kid you not. Carol Brady, MBE commissioner. Um, she's basically she's just uh, she manages her own consultancy consultancy business. Um, Joe Hill, a member of the Isle Isle of Man Financial Services Authority. Um, John Bailey, a chartered accountant. Um, Terry Babs, commissioner. Uh, worked worked in a number of global supply chain management. Do you, do you think and, any and of these Tesco. people have ever had a bet? No. Absolutely not. I mean, I mean, none of the. What the, the point is, if you and I don't, I've never understood this. If you set up a, a government quango, why is not why is there not a senior bookmaker on that panel? And I, I don't necessarily mean one of the big four, or or, the, or the, what we used to be the big four. I'm sure my age, but whatever. One of the big. It should be a normal. Uh, sort of independent bookmaker that's got his interests at heart. It should be a possibly a professional punter with his his interests at heart, advising the board of the gambling commission to use language that oh seven percent actually believe they can make money at this. 
You know, that's the kind of language that they're they are using. And everyone should be scared by this because this doesn't end, end here. This this continues. And and they've got us by the stick at the minute. Everyone's, you know, bookmakers are saying, well, we've got to do this. No, they haven't got to do this. They're basically utilizing a very broad brushstroke in the Gambling Commission terms and conditions, which states that under the guise of problem gambling, the bookmakers must do what they see fit. They must do what they see fit. Now, that's a very broad stroke in which to tarnish the industry, tarnish the betting industry, horse racing, football, whatever, whatever. It's all lads, 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 £10 hackers. We can see where the bookmakers want to go. You know, lots of betting slips, low stakes, no damage, high, high margins. I get it. It's very, it's very good. And the slots. That that's what they want. They don't want people having having large bets. And that's the way the industry is heading. And Jeff Banks can come on and respond and do do what he wants. John, anything to add to my comments? Well, I agree with what both of you say, really. Um, but I will point this out that we are heading for disaster unless there's a wholesale clear out at the top in racing. Because racing has nobody batting for it and nobody willing to get their hands dirty by getting into the nitty gritty of it with the Gambling Commission. We've got a chief executive of Great British Racing in Rod Strait. He's there as racing's champion, if you like. Now, his Twitter this week, the say irony's dead. He, uh, he pulled a, a thing from the Times about. Boris Johnson announcing the return of imperial weights and measures, making it legal for market stalls, etc., selling pounds and ounces. And his comments are, I don't think this matters one way or another. And that's the awfulness of it. Crowd-pleasing stuff for the ageing party members and rabid Brexiteers. Does nothing for growth, addresses no issue, just nonsense. As he looked at what he's been doing as chief executive of Great British Racing, because at that sums his tenure up in no uncertain terms. This week, John Haynes tweeted that information regarding declarations is not available for love and money before about one o'clock the day, the day that the declarations are made. Yeah. And I said information that the BHA could freely make available is withheld constantly, um, hard to access, and I, I tweeted Rod Strait in it, no response whatsoever. He's not interested. He's interested in fluff pieces about how long it takes to get a horse fit. Absolute bullshit that brings nothing into the sport whatsoever. He should be tackling the gambling commission head on over this. He's not doing his job. Absolutely. Racing needs flushing of these characters. They're, they're basically take, 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 take offering nothing zero and john's just highlighted it there that 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 i mean this is why race is heading down the pan bha is wakey wakey you know it's time to it's time to have a voice no what we'll do we'll we'll make a diversity first i know what we'll do we'll make a we'll we'll make we'll make another kind of a you know you know itv racing gin making person whatever it's they do not do anything to stop the slide there's, there's no like they don't voice the concerns there's no major statement from the BHA voicing the concerns over punters not being able to bet because nobody's uh, pay has gone down that's yeah. the problem I mean, they're it's, not on some related pay if there were they'd be eating squirrels yeah. astonishing
Anyway, so <laughs> listeners, you know where we stand on this, and we'll be talking about it for months ahead, as we as we always do. But we've got a show to do, and we've got some tipping to do, and it's a very busy weekend, so we'll crack on, and we'll go to Newbury first, chaps, for the two fifteen, which is the five furlongs Dubai International Airport World Trophy Stakes, a Group Three affair, where the uh, Charles Hills. Uh, impressive last time out winner at Doncaster Cardam has the favourite uh, as the field at four to one. Andy, I'll come to you first, please, on your choices. Yeah, it was it was like a different Cardam, wasn't it, at Doncaster? I'm not sure what he yeah. beat though. Um, it was you know the first time he dropped at five furlongs. It's been on a long losing run, but the horse I'd sort of had a question mark about, and I've still got a little bit of a question mark about. Obviously, I've I've got a sort of a bit of a soft spot for Hurricane Ivor because um, I thought he was he did really well to win the Portland last week. I've been banging on about the horse for ages, but I just think this time I just think that um, Tis Marvelous is fits the right profile for this race. He's been pretty smart. The Clive Cox Yard is in good form at the moment. Um, the Ascot handicap that he won on his penultimate start. Um, could work out well. Worth bearing in mind that Magical Wish, who runs in the Silver Cup up at Air, ran third in that, and he looks like he's coming to fruition. More of him later. Uh, and he also won the Beverly Bullet, where the fifth and tenth of one Dan Dalla won today, um, quite impressively at, um, at Air. And the tenth uh, out of that, show yourself, she won at um, Beverly earlier in the week. Um, of course, she really does like, in fact, a three-year-old against older sprinters there. Um, and he just sort of fits the profile. Um, I think he's, he's still, it is his time of year, uh, Tis Marvellous. So I'd just give him the edge uh, reluctantly over Hurricane Ivor in this. I've still got a little bit of a question mark about Cardin, but uh, tis marvellous to continue on his upward curve off a mark of 109 now. Not that that matters because it's a conditions race, but um, he, he is um, he is quite a useful sprinter on his day, and I think he'll, um, he'll just shade this over Hurricane Ivor. Good stuff. Tis marvellous for Andy at 4-1. to one. Adam Kirby on board. Uh, John, your selection for uh, this race. Well, K. Adam's a shitbag bastard, isn't he? <laughs> um, you couldn't be taking charts about him. Uh, the one I like is Moss Gill. He's been running quite well all season. Two wins on soft ground early in his career, so I'm not worried if there's any rain. Um, this minimum trip seems to sell best. Uh, gets on OK with PJs. Mr. Break a couple of times this year. If he gets away on terms, I think... He's bang there on the figures. Obviously, Eric and Ivor is a, a danger coming here from the park and sprinters in farm and all that. But I think conditions races tend to be somewhat different. And I think Moskill's a fairly solid each way poke in this. Yeah, Moskill uh, gets the blinds for the first time for Edward Bethel, who's made a great start to training this season. Um, PJ in the saddle at 15 to 2 for John. Uh, I'm with uh, Andy's, uh, uh, you know, ex-lover. Um, Hurricane Ivor, um, just to you know, stick the knife in if that pops up. No, I thought I thought he was I thought he did very well at Doncaster, and Andy was very very correct in his assessment. He he, he was falling over a cliff, and he was right. Um, you know, it's, I don't think that draw was particularly advantageous at Doncaster. No, and and I, and I think I think he will step forward, and this could be a big day for the shagging shirt. So Hurricane Ivor for me at nine to two. 
is my selection uh, with Tom Marquand in the saddle. I think um, he's a sprinter that could just eke out that extra few pounds and he wouldn't have to improve to win this. You know, so I, I, I like Hurricane Ara. Right, we move on to the 250. It's the uh, uh, it's the 11 furlong Dubai Duty Free Legacy Cup Stakes, a Group Three affair. Uh, formerly the formerly the Arc Trial. I don't think <laughs> see many Arc winners uh, running in this, um, but nevertheless, uh, the shagging shirt has the 8 to 11 favourite Alazi blogger and stallion have steamed in. They block they blocked John. They block they blocked him. So he can't tell what they're back anymore. They blocked him. Um, I, think, I, don't, I don't think it takes a sporting genius to work out what they're backing, does it? <laughs> I mean, this will be this will be Al Arzi will be in with uh, Juan Elcano tomorrow in the uh, and the selfie stick double from some uh, some godforsaken Eastern European country. Uh, yeah. Get on, lads! Fifty quid double, no problem. Yeah, I, I mean, John, I, can, can you can you oppose the the blogger stallion? First leg of the double. I, I oppose the blogger and the stallion being part of the human race now. The rest of them block Twitter. I mean, they've been very professional about it. They block both Twitter accounts. Oh, that's it. They've, they've sorted you. Yeah, they, they've they've sought me out and sorted me out for the yeah. time being. Anyway, until I get another Twitter account that can <laughs> keep an eye on them. You'll have to be Leslie and... and, and uh, yeah. I, I might have to draft a sister in or something, you know? You could be, you could be at Shagging Shirt, John. Well, <laughs> I, I, might, I might become the shrieking kilt and bring my sister into play, I think. See <laughs> um, so, so where we get with that. Anyway, to business. Um, Fox's Tales isn't far behind the best of these on the adjusted figures. Goes well on this sort of ground. Should certainly be in the share cup. Hasn't been too busy this year, really. Should still be reasonably fresh. But the fab could be dangerous. I mean, he's knackerless now. So that's might improve him from being the right ponce in finishes when it gets down and dirty. And if he's also one with Eric and I, but the, uh, the poor old tiddly that runs the... Uh, Laundry in your market might be worried because you might be getting an influx of shirts at the end of the weekend. <laughs> very, very well summed up. Um, I, I, I was an Al Arzi fan. I, I'm, you know, I'm all over the shirt uh, on Saturday, but um, eleven to ten, eleven to ten, I, I, I was a player. Um, eight to eleven, I'll leave that to, to the masses. Um, it, it simply is like this. This one's sort of drifting outside off stump. And I can watch it go back to the keeper. So Alazi would have been it. Well, watch the market. If it drifts back, back it. If it stays around eight to eleven or four to five on the machine, uh, we can leave that. Uh, the three twenty-five race, uh, the Dubai Duty Free Handicap. Uh, again, the shirt is uh, heading the market at seven or two. Tom Mark one in the saddle. Um, I'll start this one off, and uh, I, I'm all over the shirt, really, uh, again. Um, I think it's a shirt Saturday, really. Um, it's a wardrobe full, uh, according to John. And um, I think Aramaic is a very, very nice uh, colt. Um, saw him in the flesh at York when he ran on the 5th of September. Backed him accordingly. Um, he's a very, very progressive colt. I think he's... He's one of these that will probably end up somewhere around 110, uh, not this season, but maybe next season. Um, but but 
off 94. It's mince meat if things go right for him here. And I think, to be honest, 4 to 172, I think, represents value. Um, and I would be a player, a decent player at those odds. So, Aramaic for me. Andy, I'll come to you. They won this last year, didn't they? With yeah. A very similar type, Ilarab. Another one of That's your, right, yeah. You could end up following uh, Aramaic as, um, yeah. as much as you would. Um, I mean, yeah. He's upset. I mean, he deserved to go up. Probably deserved to go up. What did he go up? Seven pounds for that yeah. York Seven. win. Probably deserved to go up a bit more. He didn't exactly beat a lot because he beat Pivoine. But I think visually, he was impressive. Um, yeah. He's the one slight niggle. He's unproven on slower ground, which is a little bit of a niggle for me. I just thought there might be a little bit more value in King of Clubs, who I was quite impressed with last time out. He won last time out. He beat Victory Chime. Did quite well to hunt him down from the back of the field. Um, that was at Sandown. In fact, I think Victory Chime um, actually probably got first run on him. And he did pretty well to stay on. He led bang on the post. It's the run before that, or the handicap before that, the one on the 9th of July at the Newmarket uh, July course. That is really strong form. It was the Bet365 stakes, the Heritage Handicap. The winner was Dubai Honor, came out and won in France. Fox's Tails was second, came out and won next time out. King of Clubs was third, won next time out. Highland Rocker was fourth, won next time out. And go down as far as the seventh, Heading Leap, that won next time out as well. So it was a strong piece of form. Um, and I just think there just might just be a little bit more juice in the price. He's won on good to soft over a mile. That was a Nottingham Maiden back in May. And he's, as per se, he's, those, that handicap form since looks pretty decent to me. He's progressive. And I appreciate and respect Aramaic. I just thought there was a little bit more juice in the price of King of Clubs. Good shout. Uh, King of Clubs there. And obviously a good form angle from Andy there, as mentioned. 13-2. Um, David Proberry in the saddle for Andy. That's his selection, 325. John, can you um, uh, add to this? Well, it's a is it Aramaic seriously on the upgrade? I think it's a typical Haggis improver. Oh, very hard to discount. Um, the one I'm interested in here um, is King Leonidas. I think this is hugely interesting for Slim, bringing it back at this stage of the season. It looked like being serious last year. This it went off favourite for a Jersey Stakes, for God's sake. It's only running off 102 here. I mean, if you think you can win a Jersey Stakes, you reckon you've got 110 or so, I said. The trip is interesting as well. I think he's bred more along the lines for this trip than he was for the Jersey Stakes, in all honesty. And uh, I think this could be a good starting point for a pretty good back end of a season for him. I mean, it's guesswork how fit he is. As a rule, Gosden tends to have them ready. He doesn't have many sighters, especially his older horses. Yeah. So uh, he'd be a winner on the option because I think he'll have the winner bomb out. Um, you know, you'll know your face after 50 yards. If he's pulling like Paul Ferris at choir practice, well, <laughs> <laughs> good, good night and God bless, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Where do you get these from? Yeah, um, so um, I, I, I'm having a spot and little bet on King Leonidas. 
Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can actually see how good King Leonidas is. I mean, beat Eastern World, uh, um, you know, a couple of lengths. Um, you 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 can see that the potential here with this bet. Like you say, you could be it could be a stakes horse, etc. So good shout, John. Uh, King Leonidas there. So 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 three different stations. Our mate for me, King of Clubs for Andy, and King Leonidas for John. Uh, we move to the final race on the Newbury card, the four o'clock. Where Debab uh, for Slim heads the market at nine to four. John, I'll come straight back to you then on this one. Right, well, Debab's form from early in the season is looking better now, given what the developing horse has done subsequently. And, uh, you know, I mean, you'd tend to say he's got the form in the bank to justify being favoured. But the one I like, however, is uh, the old shagging shirt, Maglev. I thought this ran a terrific race at York in a race that's working out tremendously well. Um. The drop to six furlongs won't hurt in the slightest, I don't think. I think it'd probably suit him actually at this stage. Maybe he just drowned it a tad hard going in the last furlong at York. I give him 97 of that. And I, th- I think he can certainly run to a 100 and a bit, maybe he's 102 ish, and I think that puts him right banging amongst it here with this lot. Good stuff. Maglev, 8 to 1 for the shirt. The few shirt tips today. Andy, can you agree with John on the shirt? I, I do agree with John. I oh, fantastic. I, I do think there's a bit of a, you know, Debab is interesting. I think it'll be, it'll suit him coming back to six furlongs because I thought that seventh furlong looked a step too far last time out in what admittedly was a pretty hot affair. And to give you some context to the race as well, that it's been a good race for market leaders, this this race. Horses with an SP of three to one or shorter have, have got some very good figures. I mean, in fact, there's only in the past sort of decade, you know, they've all been up there. Every one of the 23 runners in the past decade to start 11 to one or bigger is beat. There's not really one to go looking for a, a big price here. I, I sort of almost want to keep the bab on side. Hannon's got a shocking record in this. With, well, I say shocking. He's not from four in this and he runs Gabas. But I do like Maglev. Um, I think he's he's quite interesting. Uh, I know he's coming from a he's coming from a nursery, but that nursery could be quite good. Harrow won that big sales race, as John said, at Doncaster. The seventh one next time out, the eleventh one next time out, the fourteenth one next time out, and the the horse that dead heated with Maglev for second, uh, Al Flayla, I thought ran a tremendous race last time out. Um, I really want to see. I really want to be with that horse again next time out. And uh, Maglev, um, admittedly, I say comes from a, a a nursery, but if you go back far enough in this race in the 60s and early or the late 70s early 80s there were nursery winners uh, at, at Kempton when the race was run there King of Spain and Lookman ran uh, that event uh, I just thought he was I just thought the form was quite good I just thought he was one of those horses that could make the step forward and when I was pricing this race up I made him a couple of points shorter I thought he was a little bit of value uh, in the race to use the V word or perceived value I always like to use the words uh, more than anything uh, I thought Maglev yeah I agree with John I think he made a good uh, made a good case for him there and um, I certainly want to see him run well for the shirt so Maglev I think that form of that nursery at uh, York uh, from the Thursday of the meeting is working out well and um I think that's a race to follow, and hopefully Maglev will take a step up here for the shirt. Bing bong. 
No. <laughs> this is time. This is time. It is now time for a Bar Steward special. We have landed a Bar Steward special. We have three panellists, no conferring beforehand, may I add. This is what creates Bar Steward specials. Maglev is a Bar Steward special. It's tremendous, tremendous, this. We'll be pushing this all over to us. We're booming this. Boom. When it's one, boom. Like the, like the Twitter Selfie app. sticks. Yeah, selfie sticks. Twitter <laughs> Living your best life. Boom. You know, boom. Uh, Maglev is a bar steward special. Concur with Andy and John. Uh, no, nothing really to add because they've summed it up nicely. It is a very strong bet around the 8-1 to mark uh, for the reasons said. Um, it basically pulled, like John says, Rolf Harris at a, yes, I can't remember even what he said, but John, he pulled really hard over the, the side. Poor practice was the word. That's, that was the one. Um, back to six, uh, absolutely is right up his street, and I'm very looking forward to seeing Maglev do the business for the bar stewards. It's a bar steward special, folks. Right, uh, before we go on to air, I'd just like to say... Uh, some questions that I couldn't uh, ask at this show due to time purposes uh, have all been pushed back to the sermon. So, Lone Malvo, Ian Davis, Golf Club 2019, Rob Jackson and Edward Sheehy, um, your questions will be asked on Sunday. All great questions because some of them will be topics on Sunday. <coughs> Excuse me, clean my throat. Um, we move on to air, which is our uh, principal meeting. Clean my throat again. I need more gin. Hang on. Gin time. More gin. <laughs> I hope that's what it's your gin. Well, it might be. I mean, we'll stay tuned on that. It could be a potential bastard sponsor. Mm. We move to the uh, first race on the air card, which is a uh, five race card, um, which I, 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 I couldn't believe until Andy told me this morning. He, he said, Get studying for the 415, he said. So I did. It's a good job he told me. Uh, 155 at air. Uh, we have Juan Elcano heading the betting at 5-4. to four. This could be the start of uh, the, the Stallion and Blogger celebrations. Andy, I'll come to you. Um, well, it could be with Juan Elcano. I'm not sure I'd want to trust him at the price, to be honest with you. Um, ooh, he's had his sights lowered. I just wonder whether old Jolly Jim might... Um, produce you can glenn here um he's not he's had a couple of below par efforts on his latest starts as well it's all about horses sort of bouncing back this um and it just wasn't a race that it wasn't a race that i was enthused about um i don't think it's as strong as the sort of numbers suggest i couldn't back either of the front two at the prices and i'd be struggling to back anything else so I'm going to play the pass card on this, and uh, I think I'll be popping out to put the kettle on. Um, no drinking whilst punting here, um, and a nice cup of Rosie Lee, I think, uh, maybe with a slice of toast at that uh, particular moment uh, might be in order, but it wasn't a race that I had a strong opinion on, so nothing for me for the uh, for the 155. Andy, I agree. The price is correct. It could be a Warwickshire, Warwickshire gin and pit race for me. John, what were you, what were you saying here? Well, one Elcano probably has the form to win it, but as you both alluded to, I don't think he's wanting to be taking sharp prices about and looking at the makeup of this fairly down honestly, I'd rather go snorkeling at a sewage ram. 
and I can't swim. These are the best one-liners on the internet. You won't get this on any other podcast because well, you can't afford him. Um, you know, he is available, like you know, but um, <laughs> you can't afford it. This is just brilliant. Uh, blows me. But I, 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 I've known John years, and I even know half of these things. Um, anyway, um, so. <laughs> Summed up by the Masters there, 155 Jim race, 230. It's the Silver Cup, Andy, and I'm sure you you're going to blow me away with some stats, etc., and some uh, some bets in the 230 air. I got a, oh, I got a few. I mean, the, the first thing to think, the first thing I'm just going back tomorrow. Good luck for um, good good luck on um, RTV tomorrow because it's a bit of a super Saturday, isn't it? Really, because they've got all six meetings on in the afternoon, four British meetings, two Irish. There's 30 races on, uh, on in Britain, 16 in Ireland to cover. One's a national anti-event at, Nav- at Navan. And then there's a flat racing meeting at uh, to Gorham Park. That's 46 races between 1 o'clock and 5.45. Could be split-screen-tastic tomorrow afternoon. Let's hope you've got a 60-inch. But we Well, but that's... Um, <laughs> Not quite that big, unfortunately. But um, or of course we can all use the old uh, racing. What's it extra that doesn't really work that well? Never works. No. Uh, but uh, good luck tomorrow afternoon with that. So I was wanting to make that point. Um, it was raining, wasn't it? Air last couple of races. Uh, it was. Yes. Yes. I saw. Uh, I saw Mr. Brun uh, holding the umbrella, um, and it's always a bit difficult knowing how the going's going to change. It looks like at the moment. I mean, obviously, one thing we will see here is that if the race is won on the, by the lower numbers, then everything in the Gold Cup that's lower numbers will get backed and everything else will drift. I'm not completely convinced about the draw, but it does look as though the fast, middle to far side is slightly better at the moment. Um, I'm going to make this. There are heaps of horses in here that I could back, to be honest with you. I've gone with last year's winner. Um, magical spirit. Hopefully, tis uh, tis marvelous will have won, run and won at um, Newbury by this by this time. Um, but he won this race last year off a, admittedly off a six pound lower mark. Um, I thought he was just the sort of horse who was coming into a little bit of form. He um, he it looked as though he was nearing his best at Ascot last time out. I just think the stable's been in pretty good form this week. Kevin Ryan has had quite a few winners here. Most of the stuff has run well. If the ground does ease, that's not going to that's not going to bother him. He's quite nicely drawn in stall four. Kevin Stott is a rider I quite like. Um, there's a whole host of other horses in here. Royal Scimitar with the blinkers on first time out. Um, you could certainly give a chance to Bickerstaff, Blackrod. Um, I will have my usual um usual small bet on because that's the name of the place where i'm actually sitting at the moment it's their sort of slash town slash village um but he probably needs a little bit more uh giving the ground um two others that caught the eye were music society and woven i thought music society ran pretty well in the great st wilfred to be eight to 20. woven has been sort of there or thereabouts in a lot of races this year. I can't make my mind up whether he actually is better over seven furlongs. But I thought the more I thought about it, the more I kept coming back to uh, to back to last year's winner, Magical Spirit, and horses who've run well here before tend to run well again. I think he's a reasonable price, and I'll stay with Magical Spirit in a race where I won't, certainly won't be going mad. But you could use those extended places that the, sure the bookmakers will offer you. 
and he looks relatively solid on recent form. Good stuff. Magical spirit for Andy. Kevin Ryan. Kevin's starting the saddle. 11 to 1 best price at the moment for what look, could be a favourable draw on what we saw yesterday. Well, today's action as we're recording, but yesterday's, if you listen on Saturday morning. John, your selection in this, please, or if, if anything. Well, I'm sure regular listeners will be expecting me to be all over Royal Scimitar <laughs> like a spag ball all over the shagging shirt on the first. <laughs> Um, unfortunately, the rain has somewhat scuppered that one's chance, really. He's a proper top-of-the-ground horse, and that won't help him in the slightest. Luckily, I have an alternative, and it is from the excellent Stuart Williams yard, Lord Rapscallion. I think this has a terrific chance, and I've availed myself of the 33s earlier. Um, he stays seven, which I think helps enormously in this. Um, he can be ridden handy. Marco Giani's riding, you know, I think it's excellent. Um, the yards in silver form, could, they couldn't be running any better. Um, I always like to see a Tom Marley horse as well. One of my favourite owners to back because he has plenty of winners. He's he's not what our class is an unlucky owner. No, he gets, gets a lot of breaks in his races and things, and I always like to be on side with him. He's a nice fella as well, and uh, I am literally all over Lazarus Scallion. Good stuff. Um, no, no, it's it's good to mention it. Twenty eight to one, still available for Lord Scap. Rap Scallion for, for John. Um, that's the 43% kicking in. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's good stuff from John and Andy there. Uh, tips in that race, Lord Rap Scallion, and of course, last year's, uh, who's, who's on this course for Magical Spirit for Andy. Right. Uh, we, uh, nothing from me in that. It's another gin race. Um, so I'll be slurring even more by the 305. <laughs> um, so we go on to the 305. The first applied. 72 favourite is headmistress. Andy, anything that you've unlocked in the Firth of Clyde? Um, well, it obviously give headmistress, who is unbeaten, a decent chance and still holds a Chevrolet Bark entry. Um, and she steps up from five to six, which should be a uh, should be a help. But I wasn't. I did like the run. Well, I didn't like the run because. He nearly got knocked over at the start of Scott's Grace last time out. Um, you've got to take it that she'll show the same form on grass as uh, she has on all weather. But there's been a lot of promise in her first two starts, particularly of the win on her debut for the uh, trainer, Kevin Philippart Defoy. It's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Um, mm. But I did like her run in the Cyrenia stakes last time out when she was uh, she was fifth uh, to Eve Lodge but got I mean go and watch the race because if she's not better than the bare result well then I'm a Dutchman to be honest with you because um, she was slow a bit slow away but that was due to some significant interference traveled really well throughout the race uh, then got badly hampered inside the final furlong only got beaten three lengths in the end and immediately I thought this race was probably one that they may well aim her for. And um, lo and behold, she turns up here. 
you have to respect headmistress and probably Halla Halla Athamani, who was impressive on her debut. But I did think Scott's grace quite nicely drawn, if the draw is, is, is of today, uh, with an up-and-coming young trainer. Scott's grace, I thought, was a little bit... Uh, I thought wasn't a bad price around 11 to 2. I see this from 13 to 2. If you can bet with that firm up in Stoke, I can't. <laughs> um, I know some people might be able to. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have to take about 11 to 2 or look on the machine. But um, Scott's Grace, I thought, was uh, an interesting one there. Good stuff. Scott's Grace for Andy at 13 to 2 for the Further Clyde. Uh, we bet with the, uh, the Stoke team. Uh, John, your thoughts on this? Well, for the group three, there's more filth in this race than the Hustler Christmas party, isn't there? <laughs> Bob Ogden's Christmas party. Well, Bob Ogden's Christmas party is a bit more highbrow than the Hustler one. Um, well, having, having been to one and not the other, I, I shouldn't really comment. Um, Halla Halla Half Marnie um, must have been named by Boris Johnson because... Mm. It would take somebody stupid enough to make Pretty Patel Home Secretary to come up with such a ridiculous frigging name. <laughs> must be the worst named horse in training. I mean, Kevin must be embarrassed having to stick a saddle on this thing. Um, clearly, the thing a bit about it, it's been backed always. We're backed off the boards on debut. But um, in these situations, I, I tend to go with the man who I think can deliver, and that's Grr. I think uh, he, he very rarely travels his horses unless he has to, and I think he's, he's, he's probably spotted a, a group three that he thinks he, he can do a bit of damage in. So, so, um, go, so go for you then, Seven yeah. two. Right, headmistress for John, um, and uh, Andy with Scott's Grace. Nothing for me again. Uh, it's powder dry. It's a good. It's a good session for me uh, this afternoon. Um, so two powder drives for me. I've I've got nothing to tell you. Be a lot of be a lot of gin being drunk. It's, it's going to be a yeah. I mean, it's a good job I've got one on state side for you at the end. Um, your, it's a good job you've got your sponsor lined up, isn't it? Yeah, the, 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 yeah, and the wood nap later. Anyway, go on. Let's go on to the big one, the three forty, the Air Gold Cup. Come on, guys, we can get the winner of this, and we can market it to town on Twitter and go boom, boom. Come on, Andy, what you got? Um, do you want me to cut to the chase? Oh, Nick Davis has been on before you say this, oh. and he says, "How much can we have on, chaps?" on the reverse forecast of Astilio and just Frank. That's how confident Nick Davis is. You know, what can we say, Andy? Um, not much of not much of my bank, I can tell you that. But um, <laughs> um, I'm not, again, I'm going to have to, until I know otherwise, uh, and this might all change after the Silver Cup, I'm going to have to side with those drawn middle to low. Uh, and I'm going to go with one of um, Ed Walker's, not great ambassador. He's a horse I do like, um, but it's a bit short around six to one in a race like this. I'm going to go with Popmaster and, um, and Holly Doyle. Um, I think this has got some good form. I'm not quite sure why he's popped the, he's not got a greatest record when he pops the old blinkers on um, first time out, but I do think this is an improving, uh, improving horse. I've just, it's just a horse I've followed all year. Uh, I just think Popmaster is the one for me. There's there's others in here. And it does look as though you need to be up with the pace. And that sort of slightly worries me about Great Ambassador. 
Jas Frank I was keen on, but the draw 18 has just slightly put me off. By the way, Potmaster would actually be out of stall 10 if, because Chief of Chiefs is a, a non-runner, so just slight adjust the draw there. Uh, Comanche Falls, again, one has to come from the pace. Astilio, be interesting to see Billy Garrity uh, ride him uh, here. Uh, Bielsa is a bit like the football team he's, uh, he manages. Um, flatters the deceive on every occasion. That'll upset a few people. Um, Gulliver ran a tremendous race in Ireland last week. He's a, getting on a little bit. If the pace collapsed, he'd be sort of one I'd be taking a bit of a look at at a reasonable price. Count Dorsey didn't get much of a run last time out. Wouldn't surprise me to see him run well. But every time I looked at this, I came back to Potmaster as being a pretty solid sort uh, to back, uh, probably around the sort of 10, 11, 12 to 1 mark if we are lucky. Good stuff, Andy. So 10 to 1 Potmaster with the blinds on first time to shorten him up. Um, that's Andy's selection in the Eagle Cup. John, selection. Hey, well, I don't think Law is where you want to be in this because um, I think Great Ambassador is a good horse, but his only hope of pasty chase would be A. Jones in reverting to the go forward tactics that won him the walking on last year. He's been ridden with a bit of restraint of late. 16 and 18 look the box is primed to go forward, which is getting towards me and sad. It's not the pace war I was hoping for to go and nap on a stilio. I'll certainly back him because, you know, he's got one of these in the post. There's no, no two ways about it. But the the nap of the race for me is Bielsa. Uh, reunited with Kevin Stott. Um, I don't think Super Sills got on with it terribly well with this horse. Um, now, when Kevin rode this in April, was two lengths behind Comanche Falls. There's a £19 turnaround for that baiting. And uh, I think Bielsa definitely has one of these in the tank. And uh, I'll be backing Bielsa and Ostilio in this. Good shout, John. Bielsa. Very good shout and very good case well made for Kevin Ryan and Kevin Stott. 11 to 1. Ostilio for me. Um, I'm a little bit worried about the 21 draw. Prefer probably a more central draw. Maybe just a little bit, you know, to the other side of just Frank, I'd, I'd, I'd be happier. But Ostilio for me, I think I think we've been waiting for this all season. Can't ditch him now. Uh, Ostilio for me uh, would be my air goal cup selection. And the final TV race on the card, we're running short of time, chaps. Uh, if we can keep our selections punchy, it will be appreciated. Andy, coming to you for the final TV race on the card. Right. Well, if the pace holds up, uh, then we're going to see Cruyff turn. Uh, he of the York victory and four wins this year. And Shalia go on before. Uh, I definitely think uh, Cruyff turn has got a chance because that form has worked out quite well. Been plenty of money. Hong Kong Harry will be suited by stepping up to a mile. A um, couple of little in-running pointers if you are playing in-running. Uh, the one that's likely to go forward with Cruyff turn is Shalia. Uh, but just be careful with Shalia. He's had seven in-running defeats at less than two to one, and four of those have come at odds on. So yeah, the finishing effort is a little bit dodgy. And Dance Fever, if you fancy throwing a few quid at one in-running at a bigger price, because I would not be backing him at, um, at, at uh, around... 4.3, oh, sorry, 5.3, 5.4. But um, if he does, he's likely to trade bigger in running. If you like backing horses that trade bigger in running, um, I don't think there's any value in the price there. That's not to say he can't win, 
but um, I would rather back him in running and hope for a pace collapse. But overall, I think Cruyff turn may, with uh, with thick Dave on, may just outrun him here. And he'd certainly, if he gets the run of the race, will be out battling Shalia. So Cruyff turn for his fifth win of the year. Good stuff, Andy. John? No, nah, it's not a festival, is it? For me, skin off on a race like this. <laughs> Nothing for me, thanks. <laughs> so, right. I'm with Andy with Cruyff turn to back up that York win, basically, because I think, like Andy, I think he could get the run of the race here. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a Cruyff turn fan again to back that up. Very genuine, awesome, thick Dave to ride in with the bacon. Right, to finish the show off, uh, I've got you a special, chaps. Um, it's at, um, well, not a Bastard special, but just one of my specials at Woodbine. Um, in the final race on Saturday night, it's about 12 minutes past 11. It's the Woodbine Mile. Uh, Space Traveller is, is, is a very strong selection of mine. Uh, 12 to 1 on the morning line. Obviously, that's not the early price. I don't know what they'll go on. This was six in the Sussex. Uh, it got squeezed out at the start in the Mr. D, the grade one at Arlington over 10. Uh, I watched the race, stayed on nicely uh, off moderate fractions into fourth. This one-term mile is absolutely his barrow. Um, he should be running a season's best from that last prep. If things go right, he simply has to go close. What's interesting also is there's no Lasix allowed in this race, which will certainly affect a few in this race. So Space Traveller, for me, is a very, very good bet. And just, just just by looking at the, uh, the race on Betfair, I've just found out that Danny Tudhope's middle name, or the second full name, is Alexander, because that's what they've got him listed as down there. Daniel Alexander Tudhope. Which we never knew. And and obviously Tudhope goes up for the Never knew that. No, no, all bastards didn't know that. So Space Traveller is my real good special, because I believe you can have a good each way bet on this. I think you're going to get paid. Um, but check the prices because there's none, none as yet. But 12 to 1 on the Canadian morning line, that's a rick. Um, I would make this also true roundabout 9 or 2, 5 to 1 chance, probably top. So see, see how they bet and bet accordingly. We hope you've enjoyed the show. That's all from me, John and Andy. And we're back on Sunday for the sermon. That's all from us. Bye for now. <laughs>